0: Hello, sports fans. Welcome to One, Two, Three Sports. I'm Kurt. i Mark. Today we have a very special guest with us, Brandon Rendazzo. Brandon is the current morning show producer for Bonneville International's Morning Dream Team on 102.9 KBLX in the San Francisco Bay Area. He was also a producer on the sports show Tune In, working with NFL talent and host Cordell Stewart. Brian Weber, Nick Ferguson, and Mark Carrier. Today, he's going to give us his perspective and his expertise on the NFL quarterback situation and NFL going on, the upcoming NFL draft, and we'll also discuss the NBA topics, such as uh, Kobe Bryant's induction into the NBA Hall of Fame and his legacy, and uh, also Brandon's impression of the Lakers' season so far, and we'll discuss the Clippers as well. And uh, welcome, Brandon. We really appreciate you being
1: here. Hey, not a problem. Good to be on, guys.
0: Cool. And what how, how do you know Brandon? Tell us a little bit of your history.
2: Uh, Brandon and I met at a place called, a little small place called Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, we, worked small, years, <laughs> we worked together for how many years, Brandon? We worked together for how many years? Uh, I, I don't know if what you
1: did was classified as work, but, uh, we worked, I think together about six or seven years,
2: a lot of walking around the studios for me. That's what I did. Visiting friends until I got in trouble okay, and it, then it wasn't so fun anymore. Martin?
1: Yeah, Mark just stood in the same place for the uh, eight-hour shift. You know, he's he in the, in, the, in the same spot, right by right, right away from. He didn't do enough work. Like he he stood away from the cash register. Uh, he was kind of like the Walmart greeter at the time. Right, yes, I mean, my was job was customer service.
2: My job was customer service. Yeah. Brandon.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You're the Walmart greeter at the time at Universal Studios. But uh, no, we had a we had a great time. It was it was a great place, uh, great environment to work in. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's,
2: it's, it feels like it's been forever. We're still friends after all these years.
0: I know, I know. Brandon's been a big part of our our Patino family coming to events and, uh, we, we love having him around. And and did you guys see any celebrities when you were at Universal? Any Um, run-ins? I sold a shirt
2: to Eric Clapton at the Jurassic Park, um, store, which was fun. He said, "Hey, oh, can wow. I have this shirt?" And I got my hook because it was all the way at the top. I hooked it down, gave it to him, and uh, <laughs> sold him a shirt. It was awesome. The manager lets you use a hook.
0: Oh my god, you must got a really good.
2: Yeah, we had to hook in those customers, keep them inside.
0: <laughs> and Brandon, what NFL athletes or uh, who did you talk to when you're in, in when you work on TuneIn? Was there anyone really exciting that you
1: talked to? Well, we talked to everybody. I mean, like when I worked with Cordell, Cordell was great to work with. Uh, and, uh, you know, Brian Weber, all those guys. I mean, uh, you know, we talked to like Jerome Bettis. I mean, who's, who's mm. a really good friend uh, with Cordell. They play golf together and stuff like that. I mean, we we talked to everybody, David Johnson, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you name it. Uh, you know, we talked to them and then, you know, of course they were broadcasting. I was back in the studio, kind of running the controls, but they would be on site, like for radio row during the Super Bowl, And I mean, Terrell Owens, like, I mean, uh, you know, anybody in the NFL coaches, players, uh, you know, Bill Cower, everybody, um, you know, kind of stopped by and talked to us. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was just, it was such a great time and a great environment.
0: That sounds like heaven for Marky. Such a huge Steelers fan. Is that uh, all those Steelers that you talk to and uh, discuss stuff with? Mark, isn't Cardell Stewart, your favorite quarterback of all time?
2: No, no, not my favorite quarterback. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw is my favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, but Jerome Bettis, man, I would love to pick his brain on uh, some football. Maybe we can get him on here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jerome was Jer- Jerome was uh, was really cool, man. He, he would come on probably. I mean, at the time he was on ESPN and he would come on probably, probably uh, about once a month. And then I actually, when I had went to the Super Bowl in New York, uh, I went to one of those like NFL PA parties and I got the chance to meet him. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer. Like he's such a great guy. Just uh, everything that you, you think he would be, he is. And, and he's just such a personable guy, and he was such a great running back. I mean, he was a beast. I mean, before Beast Mode, before Marshawn Lynch, it was Jerome Bettis. He was the guy you give the ball to, and he would just knock it in the end zone. I mean, he was he was that dynamic of a player. And uh, and and meeting him at the same time, and even talking to him when it, when he would be on the show, uh, is such a personable guy and such such a great guy.
2: He was known as the Bus for oh, a reason. Thing, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean,
1: he, he was the bus. I mean, he, he was, he was, he was a freight train, you know, with, with that football, you know, he, he was great. It's nice to know that uh,
0: he was such a great guy. That, that's very, very cool. So this is a nice segue into our first topic. Um, the NFL, a lot of uh, NFL quarterbacks got picked up, got signed, got extended contracts. And then there are a few that are still on the market Brandon, were there any surprises
1: from your end in the NFL quarterback situation? Yes, I, I would say uh, you know I think a big surprise for me right now is is why isn't uh, why aren't teams picking up Cam Newton? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to me, I would I would have felt like the Chicago Bears you know might have picked him up. I I just don't get that whole thing at all. Why you know I mean his his reign I guess in Carolina you know just came to an end. I mean due to due to his injury, but I, I would assume, I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And, and if Cam Newton comes back at 100%, I mean, geez, I mean, he's he's got a lot. He's going to be, a, I think he's like 30 years old. He's got a lot left in the tank, you know. So I'm, I'm shocked that no team has signed Cam Newton yet. Yeah,
0: I guess that's the big question. I was watching ESPN this morning. They said he might hold out for starting – job rather than become a backup somewhere. He's been there's been rumors that Bill Belichick might pick him up. But I think the big thing like you mentioned is injuries. You know, injuries is is still the big question. And now no one is going to be able to really see him work out in person. And so there's big question marks there. So if if you were to make a prediction, would you say he's going to hold out at least through the draft, before he sign somewhere, or do
1: you think he'll accept a backup role? No, I think Cam Newton should be a starter. I don't think he should accept a backup role, you know. Um, in the case, like, you know, you, you go back looking at, like, say, Colin Kaepernick, there, there were a lot of teams that, you know, could have used him as a starter, you know, because, you know, in my opinion, Kaepernick... Uh, is better other than at the time, Nick Foles, who was the, uh, the backup in Philly, um, before, that was before he went to uh, the Jaguars. Um, other than Nick Foles at the time, Kaepernick was better than every single backup in the league. And you could even debate that he was better than some of the starters. Um, and I feel like Cam Newton, that's, I mean, he's clearly better than any backup in the league, but Cam Newton's was better than, than Minshew, in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. I think he's better than, I mean, yeah, Nick Foles did win the Super Bowl in Philly, played great. Uh, I think he's better than Nick Foles. I mean, there's a lot of even starters that I think Cam is better than. And for him not to get that opportunity, I think it'd, it'd be ridiculous. Because if, if Cam comes back healthy, um, like I assume he will, uh, there's no reason why he can't be an, an, an elite starter. I agree with you. I, what we talked about in a previous show, I think Cam,
0: I think Jaguars should pick up Cam. I mean, Minshew is nice and he's a, he's popular. He's got some flair to him, but I think Cam going to the Jaguars and helping them would be pretty cool. And even, you know, I even thought he might be good as a backup with the Jets or the Giants or the Rams if they're, if there, if he does agree to do a backup um, position, yeah. um, uh, but Mark, uh, Mark, you agree Colin Kaepernick should have been picked up as well back in the day,
2: right? He should. And he, I, I, I think he's, he's probably still ready. I mean, he's still young and I, I think he still has a lot in him. Whereas I think Cam Noonan is uh, 30 years old now, uh, per- turning 31. So I think that's, that's part of the risk of picking him up, um, so I think he's he would be better as a backup quarterback due to injuries and his age and his decline in um, in playing. The, the question is, will he be a hundred percent when he comes back? I think he. Yeah, I think he's I think, playing more. You know, I think he's playing more towards like Ben Roethlisberger's, like he's on his decline. I think Cam's at he's thirty, thirty one, and he's I don't know, I don't know if he he's, can play a hundred percent.
1: I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I think teams like if you're uh, the general manager of, of an organization, I think that's the one thing that you are weary about. But why not take that risk? Like if you're the New York Jets, I mean, yes, you have Sam Darnold. He's a good young quarterback. You know, Cam Newton, you know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. if on that organization, like you mentioned, you know, the, the Jets would be a good fit for him. Why wouldn't you pick him up? Why wouldn't you even take that risk? Like, I look at Colin Kaepernick, too, and I was one of those guys that was in his corner because I felt he should have gotten the opportunity. You know, we talk about, I mean, this is the NFL, but even the XFL, there were rumors that they offered him a deal or a contract. It just wasn't enough money. I would have thrown a a blank check at Colin Kaepernick if I'm the XFL because you don't know. I mean, you know how many people would watch XFL games if Kaepernick was the quarterback? Like, they want to see him play. Uh, so why not offer him, uh, uh, you know, ten million or fifteen million or twenty million, whatever it is? Why not offer him more money and have him be your marquee guy for the XFL? And and I didn't. I, I just don't understand why teams wouldn't do that. Uh, not only with Kaepernick at the time, but now with Cam Newton, why, why wouldn't the team take that risk? You know, that, that it, it'd be like, say LeBron James in the, in the NBA got an injury, right? What mm-hmm. team isn't going to take a chance on LeBron James? I don't care how old LeBron is. And, and LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. Like, why wouldn't you sign him? Why wouldn't you take a chance on him? You know? So to me, Cam Newton's that, that marquee player. And he, he fills seats. He sells tickets. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't an organization that needs a quarterback uh, sign him? I, I don't get why he's not signed right now.
2: Once again, I think it's uh-huh. age. I think it's maybe he wants too much money and he wants to start. So I, I think it's those three factors that are keeping him from joining a team.
1: Same way with Kaepernick because teams, when, you know, it, there were rumors that teams, uh, you know, uh, didn't want to pay what Kaepernick had wanted, I and mean, then Kaepernick obviously his agent disputed that and said, "Oh no, he's he's okay with a backup role, and and we're we're willing to negotiate and everything." I mean, it was it was it was definitely. Um, I think it goes both ways to where um, you know you just got to meet in the middle somewhere. Um, you know, organizations, yeah, they don't want to pay players. I mean, the NFL has been famous for that for years to where you know, now players are starting to get more guaranteed money, but for years, you know, teams did not want to, you know, they they could cut you tomorrow, you know what I mean? And and not have to pay you. And, you know, I think Cam, you got to give him guaranteed money and you got, you know, you can negotiate maybe a little bit with Cam and say, Hey, your injury, you know, we, we, you know, maybe have incentives in the deal to where, you know, if he makes the playoffs, he gets X amount of money. If he if he makes the Super Bowl, he gets X amount of money. If he wins the Super Bowl, he gets it gets X I think you have to structure the deal that way, but there's no reason why um, you shouldn't pay the man. I mean, he's he's earned it and uh, I think personally he's still got a lot left in the tank.
2: So I think I think it's one of those things where he needs to swallow his pride and maybe join a team that that's looking for a backup. Possibly a starting quarterback to fill in for like one of those rookie quarterbacks, like Seattle Seahawks doesn't have a backup quarterback. Um, the, the saints are counting on a Taysom hall. I think as their, as their backup quarterback, um, Baltimore yeah. Ravens would have, would need a, a backup quarterback for Jackson. I think Cam Newton would be a great one, two punch for that team.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's great. I think, you know, just kind of like you, you mentioned Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. How Sean Payton he worked him really well into into that into a couple of their schemes uh, during the season, where you know uh, Taysom would come out or or him and Drew would run side by side. I mean, you could you could definitely you know do that with uh, with Cam Newton or potentially the Baltimore Ravens. You know, because say Lamar Jackson goes down, you have a quarterback that is or. You know, maybe he's not as mobile as he used to be because he's older now, but he could come in and kind of fill that role, you know? So, yeah, I mean, he could be a backup. I I think he should be a starter somewhere though personally, but, um, you know, there is, there are a lot of teams that could use a backup. And you mentioned Russell Wilson too, you know, Cam Newton would fit really well with the Seahawks because, uh, you know, he is a mobile quarterback and he, he could uh, he could just step in and, and take over just in case um, you know any of those quarterbacks uh, you know get injured. So.
0: Those are, those are all great points it, it, exactly. And you know we haven't discussed James Winston. So you have James Winston, no injuries. You know he throws you know thirty thirty over 30 touchdowns uh, last season. Yeah, he's got an interception problem. But as Jameis Winston,
1: what's the deal with Jameis Winston? How come no one has picked him up? Yeah, to me, I see, see Jameis Winston. I would, I would start Cam over Jameis Winston. I mean, to me, Jameis Winston is a good backup. Like he's probably, he'd probably be like the, you know, like the best backup in the league, so to speak. I mean, his, his factor, I mean, yeah, he's healthy, but too many interceptions. I mean, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, you know, going with, with the goat, with Tom Brady. I mean, and Tom Brady's 43. I mean, he wants to play until he's 45, which he's going to do now in Tampa, but you know, You you look at Brady, yeah, of course, anybody any team would would sign Brady, and he's 43. It's like, why not sign, you know, Jameis Winston's much younger, Cam Newton's much younger. Uh, Why aren't they getting opportunities? I think Jameis Winston, you know, it's not necessarily the money factor with him. I think it's the interception factor. I mean, the turnover ratio is just too, you know, too great. You know, Tampa Bay, I mean, you look at, you know, they benched him for, for Fitz Magic, you know. And Fitz Magic. yeah, he had a couple couple glory games to where he threw like five, six touchdowns. It was great for fantasy, but, you know, ultimately they went back to Jameis Winston because they didn't really have any other options, you know. And now, I mean, they have the GOAT. They have Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, the, him throwing to Mike Evans and, and, uh, and Chris Godwin. Good Lord, I mean, it, the potential there is is incredible, uh, you know, but I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, James Winston. Yeah. There's teams that could use him on I mean, the, I'm it's, it's tough to see where he might land, but uh, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's his turnover ratio. That that's the problem with James Winston. I mean, he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't play smart half the time. You know, there, there's yeah. some, when you have great receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, yeah, they'll, no matter where you throw the ball, they can get it. But at the same time, I think Jameis was was way too reckless with the football. He didn't make smart decisions at all.
2: Yeah, Jameis Winston, he's a huge risk for any team. But, uh, I mean, last year he threw th- 33 touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And uh, just during this offseason, he had a LASIK surgery. So he's nearsighted. So maybe that'll help in the long run. Uh, with throwing the long that, ball. That
0: could be the whole thing. Can you imagine his laser surgery? Somebody picks him up and he cuts his, even if he cuts his quarter uh, interceptions in half, those are the same amount of touchdowns. I mean, that'd be a huge, he'd be comeback player of the year or something if he got someone into the playoffs. That, yeah, and that'd could, be pretty amazing. And Janice is 26 years old. I mean, yeah. he threw for 5,000 yards uh, last season. And I think if you could pair him with a running back. And give him somebody with, uh, you know, with a good running back, that that would help him, you know, cut down maybe on some turnovers and and not force him to try to make things happen in the air.
2: And with Tampa Bay, he had three different coaches coaching him. So in 2015, he had Lovey Smith. 2016, 17, and 18, he had uh, Dirk Coter, I think his name, and then uh, 2019, he had Bruce Arians. Who probably didn't have a lot of confidence in him. So I mean, I mean, every every year was different for him almost. Yeah, I mean,
1: you make a great point. point. You make a great point, Kirk. Because I mean, look at Derrick Henry in in Tennessee. I mean, with the Titans, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that's that's another thing to bring up is look at all the guaranteed money that Ryan Tannehill got. Ryan Tannehill, no disrespect. Right. He, he was he was virtual garbage in Miami, <laughs> and then he and then he has one good season in Tennessee. Like I'm playing like I'm Cam Newton's agent right now. Or, you know I'm I'm his representation. Like Ryan Tannehill had one good season with Tennessee, and yes, he played well. But you could I, to me, Derrick Henry was the MVP of that team, mm-hmm. and you know and you, br- you bring up having a good running back look at how much guaranteed money Ryan Tannehill got. I mean, he needs to give some of that money to Derek Henry. You know what I mean? (laughs) Derek Henry, you give him, you give him like a franchise tag or whatever. You don't want to sign him long-term. Come on. Like, and you give all that money to Ryan Tannehill based off of one, (laughs) one good season. Cam Newton had several good seasons and, and the potential that he could be healthy. Uh, Come on. Give me a break. Like, 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 that's what I would do if, if I was representing uh, Ken Newton. I would, I, would, I would just, my chart would, would have Ryan Tannehill on it and say, come on now, one good season. I, you know, I had this many touchdowns versus interceptions. I'm a mobile quarterback. Maybe I'm not as fast as I once was, but I could still throw, I could still sling the ball downfield. Come on. I mean, give me a break. Derek Henry was, was the man on that team, not Ryan Tannehill. He definitely
0: was. I completely agree with him. So let's, let's talk about running backs. So the Rams lost Todd Gurley. So Todd Gurley yeah. has you know, his four-year, fifty-seven million-dollar contract is, is just beginning. So he's he's with the Falcons now, I believe. And uh, yeah. the Rams are in a tough spot. They don't have a good running back. Jared Goff, to me, is iffy after his big contracts. And uh, they have no first-round picks. There's not much salary cap there. If you, if you were a coach, would you would you prefer? Uh, coaching the chargers right now you have a number six pick you have tyrod taylor you have a decent i'm hearing their secondary right now is looking really good on defense you have austin eckler they signed him to a four-year deal he can catch and run he's healthy or do you think do you think the rams are on the decline now or are they in a really tough spot did they give jared Goff too much money
1: yeah, I think uh Goff definitely. I mean, he earned it that one season. I mean that's that that's what they based it off of. It's just like, you know, Ryan Tannehill had one good season. Uh mm-hmm. I think Jared Goff's a good quarterback. I mean, obviously Sean McVay is a great coach. Um, much better than uh, uh, uh who's the guy that they had on uh uh who's the coach No, who's the no, coach sorry, before uh <laughs> Who was the coach on the Rams before Sean McVay? Jeff Fisher. I mean, okay. clearly. Oh, that's right. right. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, golf night and day. I mean, with Jeff, Jeff Fisher was lousy. No! So, golf wasn't that great. I mean, granted, it was his rookie season, but Sean McVay transformed. I mean, Ram plays that benefited, uh, to, you know, to Jared Goff's skill set. Uh, I think Goff's a good quarterback. I, is he worth that much money? I don't. Ah, uh, that's debatable. Uh, you know, and you look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a marquee guy, and the Rams are going to be, and the and the Chargers are going to be in that new stadium. They're going to want to fill seats. Uh, that that could be a good destination, you know, um, in in regards to to Cam Newton. Because Jerry Dolf, it's it, it's it's iffy, you know, uh as far as uh you know, beyond Cooper Cup. I mean, who does he have to throw to?
0: Right, exactly. That's what I think. You know, they just lost Gurley, so, I mean, they don't really have any weapons. Like, you don't want Jared Goff forcing things, being in a position where he's forcing passes. He has no running game. I think the Rams are in a really tough spot. I actually think the Chargers are in a good spot right now. And I, my prediction is they'll have a better record than the Rams in the upcoming season. Do you agree with that?
1: I would say I, I would agree with that, yeah. I mean, and, and at the same time, too, you know, Beyond the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, they're, I think they're in a they're they're in a better position because, you know, you could debate the Chargers would, would have a better season than the Broncos, uh, and I and I do like the the Broncos young quarterback as well, but you oh. could debate that they'll have a better season than the Broncos than the Raiders, um, and and the Raiders, I mean, that could definitely be a, a destination, you know, for. You know, Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or or another quarterback, you know, because, you know, who knows if Derek Derek Carr is going to, you know, maintain his his starting job, you know, with the Raiders. And the Raiders are in a new stadium as well, so uh, down in Vegas. So, um, you know, I think the Chargers, yeah, Chargers definitely, uh, you know, will they have a better season? I think they definitely could. I mean, because, yeah, the Rams – I don't know if they're on a decline, but I think this season's gonna gonna, you know, show what they can do. You know, as far as uh, you know, I think this is Jared Goff's last stand potentially. This could be his last season as a starter with the Rams. Uh, he's got to perform, no matter who uh, is on the team, and no matter uh, you know the running game, it's it's, it's gonna hurt because you know you had Todd Gurley, who was you know yeah. Last season wasn't that great, but before that, he was an elite running back. You're going to need somebody like that uh, in order for Goff to to be able to excel, because I don't think Jared Goff can can run a team like a Tom Brady. You know, I don't think he could do it on his own. He's going to need a run game, and I mean, who do the Rams have?
0: I, exactly, I, I completely agree with you uh, in that regard. I mean, they have their 2019 third third round draft pick, Daryl Henderson. And then Gurley's understudy since 2015, Malcolm Brown, but I mean I've, you know, those guys aren't going to carry a team like like Gurley did, like Derrick Henry did with the Titans. Not even they're not even as exciting as Austin Eckler with the Chargers. So Tom yeah. Taylor's is going to start for the Chargers. Anthony Lynn uh, really believes in him, and um, I think the Chargers should try to move up in the draft and try to get Tua, Tua, Tungval, Wow. Tungval. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, just, say, just say Tua. Tua, I, 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 I got to try, man. I got to try. And uh, do you think the Chargers should move up there and drop, try to get Tua?
1: Mm, I think Tua's going to end up in Miami. I think he's going to okay. end up with the, the, the Miami Dolphins. Uh that's, that's just my gut feeling. Uh, and I, do I think they should move up? No, because there's 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 quarterbacks, there's guys they can get uh, the lower in Herbert, draft. Do you think? It, yeah, yeah. There's there's guys that they could get low. I don't think they need to move up. Like you look at the Chicago Bears, they moved up to get the number two pick and, and selected Mitchell Trubisky. And they could have had mm. Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, right. I, think the Chargers, I think the Chargers should stay right where they're at. Where, where are they at in the draft exactly?
2: They're number six. Yeah, they're six. They're number six.
1: Yeah, stay where you're at. There's plenty of, of really good quarterbacks in the draft. I, I don't see why they need to move up to take two. And no, I, I would stay right where I'm at.
0: The only reason I would say they should take Tua is because they also, they're also they in L.A. now, and they also need a marquee name. And he could back up Tyrod for the first season and heal more and then come in the season after and become the new face of the franchise. Um, so that would be my marketing angle if I was a general manager, is he would be a big name come in yeah. and, and kind of get the fan base excited and they all be wondering, oh, is he gonna take over for Tyrod? So there'd be all that, all those rumors going around. So it kind of pick up some, you know, chatter for the Chargers. Cause the Rams right now, especially if they don't do well record-wise, the Chargers have an opportunity to really kind of be the top team to talk about in LA. Same thing about the Lakers and the Clippers, is they're both trying to be more popular, and this would definitely give the Chargers
1: some some buzz, don't you think? Not really. I mean, really? personally, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it would. It, my confidence, if I'm Tyrod Taylor, and you bring in Tua, is like, hey, I thought I was, you know, because there's, there's going to be that distraction all season. Then, and people are going to look to Anthony Lynn. Hey, man, so when's Tua? Because everybody's going to be expecting Tua to be the starter. And if, if you've already committed to Tyrod Taylor and said, Hey buddy, you're the starter, you're my guy, you know, what confidence is he gonna have when he's got somebody that's uh, you know, waiting that's basically the future of the team. I mean, unless unless Tyrod's not the future, uh you know, then then you you maybe want to go and get a guy like Tua. But if you've already committed to Tyrod Taylor, I mean, like I said, Ken Newton's out there, he's a franchise guy, he's a marquee guy that would would sell tickets, and fill seats, why not get him? Like, if you're going to get Tua, then if I'm Tyrod, you know, what what confidence do I have that, you know, I'm going to be the starter? Because they're just the, the first bad game that I have. The fans are going to be screaming for Tua to come in there, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that's that's the right play for the Chargers uh, to, you know. Yes, he, he's a marquee guy. As far as you know, Tua would definitely fill seats and people would want to go out there and see him play, no matter what organization he goes to. But i just not. I don't know. I don't. I don't see the Chargers doing that. And, and if I'm the Chargers too, if I'm the GM, I would not. I would not move up you move up four spots to, to to take Tua. I think there's there's plenty of uh uh quarterbacks uh in the draft that they could get at number six and that could potentially uh be better than Tua. So I yeah, I wouldn't uh you know, and it would probably cost them too much to to move up to number two, so why why do that?
0: Mm-hmm. So Marcus Mariota got signed by the Raiders. So do you think that, that John Gruden has created that distraction?
1: For now, will be the Las Vegas Raiders with Carr and Mariota. See, I'm not I honestly. I'm not impressed by either one of them. I think Derek Carr is the starter as of right now. But like Mariota, he had a, he had, he was okay. He was decent in in Tennessee. But, I mean, you know, as soon as he got benched, you look at the job that that Tannehill did. I mean, yeah, like I said, Tannehill had one good season. But Uh I'm not really impressed by Mariota either. I mean, uh, I'm not impressed by the Raiders just as a whole. I mean, Uh you know, they don't have any receivers. Uh, You know, I I like uh, Tyrell Williams uh, and you know, you have Darren Waller, of course, you know, but didn't they? Didn't the Raiders go out and get Jason Witten? It's like, you have a young mm-hmm. stud, tight end in, in, in Waller, and so what are you doing going out? I mean, I just don't understand what Gruden's doing. I mean, he wants him better in leadership, but, I mean, come on, man. I mean, the Raiders just, you know, they let go of Amari Cooper. I mean, the list goes on as far as the mistakes the Raiders have made uh under John Gruden and and not saying that there's not a method to his madness and I like John Gruden I think he's a great coach he he won a Super Bowl in Tampa but some of the moves the Raiders have made I uh, are very questionable I I just don't get what that organization is doing cuz they have they have a lot of young talent they had Khalil Mack they let him go and then they let him go and then and then the first game out the gate Gruden's like, oh, it would have been great to have a pass rusher. Well, you have the number one guy. You got rid of him. I just do not understand what the Raiders are doing. I, I don't understand. And it, Chargers the same thing. Chargers wanted to go with Philip Rivers and they got rid of Drew Brees and look at what he's done in New Orleans. It's uh, it's some yeah. of these uh, moves. Move some of the moves these organizations make. It's like, I mean, it, it, I think it's a crapshoot. They're just sometimes it's like look at you look at John Elway. I mean, beyond Peyton Manning, beyond going out and getting Peyton Manning win, win, and winning the Super Bowl, you know, Pey- Peyton's last stand, so to speak. I mean, he's 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 thrown dice every time, like you know, Paxton Lynch, you know, Joe Flacco. I mean, what what are what are they doing? They need a quarterback. I mean, well, now now they've got a good young guy uh, mm-hmm. that, that actually I, I was kind of impressed with, but beyond him I mean he, he he was just you know throwing uh, throwing dice each time just hoping he, get, he he lands on on a seven I mean uh uh it's it's just it's you could debate his moves too it's just, like what are the raiders doing I just don't get I'm not impressed I you know Marriott is okay as a backup but uh I'm just I don't know what they're doing over there I really don't you know, and, and they've got to fill seats. You know, they've got the new stadium. And, you know, the only way for them to fill seats, the, Ra- the Raiders have to be good. And I just don't see them being that good. I, I, I think the Chargers, like we mentioned, I mean, obviously the Chiefs are going to win the division, but the Chargers, I think, would have a better season or will have a better season than the Raiders. I, I don't know what they're doing over there.
0: Yeah, the Chargers, in terms of uh, the the Raiders-Rams Chargers. I think the Chargers are actually looking pretty good, look best prepared yeah. for the upcoming season. So that'll be really interesting. So let's let's switch over to basketball NBA. It's, it's such a tragedy that the season was cut short, and, and we're gonna see if they're even gonna have playoffs now. We'll see how long this coronavirus lasts. But yeah. a very exciting thing happened is, is Kobe Bryant was elected to the NBA Hall of Fame. And what
1: are your favorite Kobe Bryant moments, Brandon? I mean, the 81-point game in, in Toronto, I mean, that was mm. just incredible. I mean, he, he, I felt like, you. at the time, I thought he was going to get 100. I mean, he, he was just lights out. It was That was a fun game to watch. I mean, the Shaq-Kobe era, I mean, they were so dynamic together. And they even said that. You know, later on, you know, once they squashed the beef and they became, you know, really good friends, uh, they even said, I mean, you know, you look at when LeBron teamed up with Wade and Bosh and they were clamoring about, we're going to win six championships and seven. I mean, that was Kobe <laughs> and Shaq. I mean, they could have easily won at least six championships together. Uh, you know, they were that dynamic, um, you know. Such and a and trash it was up. a big, tra- I mean, the Lakers, you know, went went obviously made the right move and and stuck by Kobe because Kobe was the young guy and he was the franchise. Um, but to to not have Shaq there, I, I I thought, you know, that they should have tried to. I mean, and they did try to repair the relationship at the time. It was just, it it yeah, it it was it was tragic. It, you know, I would have loved to have seen them play together for, for another five six seasons because. Uh, how, I mean, who knows how many championships. I mean, they had 3 peak And, I mean, they could have easily won four or five in a row. I mean, they, they were still that good. I mean, you had great role players and leaders like Derek Fisher and, and Rick Fox and Robert Orr. I mean, th- that team was just so much fun to watch. Um, and then Kobe's last game, you know, dropping 60 against the Utah Jazz in his very final game at Staples Center. I mean, Kobe had so many highlights and just so many, great moments you know him coming out after after getting the achilles injury and and hitting those free throws and then walking off the court i mean who does that you know uh he was just he's one of my favorite players of all time if not my favorite laker next to magic johnson and uh you know it's just sad that number one it's sad that he's not around because you know i would have loved to have hear him you know give his hall of fame speech but number two it's sad that we can't you know, we, we don't have the Hall of Fame now, you know, just with what's yeah. going on with the coronavirus. And, and uh, yeah. you know, we we don't have sports at all. You know, uh, it's, you know, I would have loved to, to hear his speech and, and or even, you know, his wife's speech now, you know, because she 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 was fantastic during his memorial. And uh, it's just it's 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 just sad times, you know, when you look back and uh 41 years old and he's not here it's just it it tugs on your heartstrings and his daughter as well and and the other seven people it's just uh man it's you look at uh at, at the legacy kobe had even beyond basketball like you know coaching his his daughter and and uh and uh you know the stuff that he had done in entertainment as far as with hbo and you know, winning an Oscar and, uh, you know, he, he he was even, he was that good, uh, when he played in the NBA and he had, you you could debate that he had a better career and he was happier post NBA, just getting Mm -hmm. more time to spend with his family and, and, uh, and, and creating all these, these great, you know, his book series for kids and just, you know, the, the punies podcast, I mean, all the stuff that he was doing post-career was in, just as incredible as, uh, you know, when he played for the Lakers. I mm-hmm. it was great that uh, I debated it at the
0: time when they re-signed him for the, the last few years uh, because he was, you know, we weren't sure. If the, like, I wasn't sure if the Lakers should go into rebuilding mode and, and not mm-hmm. give him a big contract. But, uh, but thinking about it now, it's so great that the Lakers kept him Uh, for the, for those last few seasons uh, and kept him as a Laker for a lifetime. And and I think that was really special. So yeah, he will forever be an icon uh, in Los Angeles sport. We can always, as Lakers fans, look at each other and go, listen, we had one of the greatest of all time and he brought so many special memories to us. And, and, and we're, we're always going to feel this deep, deep affection uh, for Kobe as a Laker, and um, and it, it is, it, it would be, I don't know what the NBA Hall of Fame ceremony was supposed to be. It, was, it was supposed to be in May or June, or if, if it is in June or July, and we're able to get together again and, and be in crowds, it'll be such an amazing celebration to celebrate him and his accomplishments, and, and be there to support his family as well. Um, you know, that would be wonderful if if that would happen depending on on when the
2: the ceremony would be um mark do you
0: have a special kobe moments
2: i think i think the the great thing about kobe was um he he towards the end of his career all he wanted to do was help and mentor the other players and make a better team for the lakers even though they were sort of on the tail end and starting to rebuild uh he wanted to show he wanted to help them out I think that that was his whole his whole life was his kids and his teammates. And um, I think that was uh, one of the greatest things about him was he was very helpful in mentoring.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. We will always remember Kobe Bryant. Brandon, so the Lakers, who's in a better position? Say if the the NBA season started again, who's in a better position to get to the finals right now? Do you think the Lakers or, or
1: Clippers? Uh, Yeah, I I think it's uh, the Lakers and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, that's what I kind of saw before the season came to a halt. Uh, The Lakers, barring, you know, uh, we want everybody to be healthy, but uh, the Lakers were the best team all season uh, in the Western Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, they were playing lights out in the East. Um, I really saw those two um, uh, in the NBA Finals. And do you, do you, has Frank Vogel surprised you as as a head coach first season of Lakers? Uh, no, I, I I thought Frank Vogel was a good choice. I I think he's uh, I think he did a, he had a, he had a couple of a really great years in Indiana, and I mean, you know, he was a great coach then, and and he didn't have LeBron. I mean, any any team that has LeBron James, uh, you know, you're gonna win.
0: Well, duh.
1: And uh, I mean, I just think, the, you know, the, the entire staff, even you know, the assistant coaches and Jason Kidd being there and, uh, you know, they, they've just got a good, uh, a good uh, coaching caliber. He's pretty laid back to where he lets, he, he kind of, uh, you know, he has his system in place, but at the same time, you know, he, he lets his players do their thing, so to speak, especially a guy like LeBron who deserves or, or commands that respect. You know, if LeBron sees something on the court that he wants to do, Frank, you know, gives him kind of the, the freedom and the flexibility to do it. You know, I think that's that's worked so really well, especially with veteran guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You know, they're they're able to work really well together and, and play off each other. And then you have so many good role players on the team. And, you know, they all love – there's never been, you know – any bad things to say all season, even from LeBron, about Frank Vogel. Because, you know, you hear, you'd hear you heard rumors when LeBron was in Cleveland with some of their coaches and stuff and him not getting along with them. And you haven't heard a peep from LeBron about Coach Vogel. And uh, that's a testament to him and, and to his staff, you know, and, and the, the great job that they, they've been doing with the team. And that's why the Lakers have been playing so well. And, and uh, it's not just... You know, obviously, yeah, you've got LeBron and AD, but, you know, you've got to have great role players and you have to have a good system. And and Frank Vogel's put a good system in place. And I think he's done a really well, really uh, excellent job. Do that, Marcy. Systems in place.
0: That's
2: right. Uh, You've been talking about that. The Clippers do not have a system in place, according to you, but they have uh, tons of great players on their team.
0: I've, I've always thought that Doc Rivers is is a little overrated. Um, I don't think he really has a system in place, which is strange to me. And what I've been really been happy to see with Frank Vogel, he's, he's made the Lakers a better defensive team. He really has a strategy. I read an article about how he's already preparing, watching games, watching matchups. He's really digging into preparation for – the season resuming. And I don't read stuff about that with Doc Rivers. So <laughs> if, if the don't, if the season resumes and Doc Rivers is, it doesn't make the playoffs or, or get into the finals, really, I, I still think they have the talent. They have more talent than the Lakers. So just on a talent level, I think they should overtake. A Clippers should overtake the Lakers and get into the finals. But from a coaching standpoint, I think Vogel really has his finger on the pulse of the Lakers where Rivers has a problem doing that. Um, in, our, in, in our previous episode, you'll hear that um, I talked about Tyrone, Tyrone, Tyrone Liu taking over the team and uh, getting the
1: Clippers to where they need to go. So you think Tyronn Lue's going to eventually take over the team for Doc?
0: I think he could. I think he could. He did at Cleveland. He took over for David
1: Blatt and uh, took him and got him a finals win. Yeah, it's it's tough because, I mean, yeah, what have you done for me lately, right? I mean, Doc mm. did win a championship in Boston. But, yeah, what, mm. has he, what has he done lately? I mean, yes, the Clippers have had some great teams. I mean, I thought they were going to win when they had Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin and uh, DeAndre Jordan and those guys, you know, and, uh, you know, they ended up having to kind of uh, break up that team and then, and start to rebuild. Exactly. So Brandon, thanks so much for, for
0: joining us uh, for this episode of one, two, three sports. Your insight has been amazing and, uh, we wish you the best of luck going forward with all of the stuff that's going on. Stay safe. Um, giving the best to you and your family to stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully uh, we'll
2: be out of this soon. you have anything to add, Bart? Uh, Thanks, Brandon. Uh, You've been a great help. We've learned a lot from you, and uh, look forward to uh, maybe later on having another guest appearance. Wow! (laughs) Wow! Wow! All I can say is wow! Hello? Hold on. You just dropped that? There you go. Yeah, a draw, A drop. Draw you man. need better service where you're at. What's going on? <laughs> Jeez. Whatever, man. Well, thanks, my friend.
0: Uh, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in everything. Thanks so much, Brandon.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, guys.
0: It yeah, was buddy. fun, man. Good time. Thank you for joining us on 123 Sports. And we had an amazing guest, Brandon Randowther,
2: today. Please remember to follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter 123 Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.